0: Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. Hoping you are having a happy holiday. Christmas is almost here. Also, By the way, Christmas Day is my birthday. Happy birthday to me this week on Friends. Oh, it's a fun episode. Welcome back, returning friends. My close friend, Vaughn DiCarlo, is here. Vaughn is a New York-bred stand-up comedian, producer, writer, and actress. Her debut comedy album, A Draggable Offense, is available on all major platforms and can be heard on the She's So Funny and Laugh Out Loud radio stations on Sirius XM. Look out for Vaughn in the upcoming rom-com Switch Up and in the indie film Salesman, currently available on Amazon Prime. Also welcome back, my favorite young star, Noye Brown-West. Noye is a New York-based Nigerian-American comedian and writer. She was featured in Boston Globe's Rise column as comic to watch. And we agree. As well, she's been heard on Sway in the Morning, and she's been a part of the New York Comedy Festival. Noye made her acting debut in the Sympathy Card, and it is now available for streaming on all major platforms. You can hear us on Google Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at Gmail. Instagram is podcast and Twitter is friendslikeus10. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to patreon backslash friends like us. Special shout out to our Patreon friends. It's because of you we keep going and now for our golden friends you have the option to watch our recordings live backstage we record every Monday go to patreon backslash friends like us and be golden merch is available we have t-shirts hoodies get your hoodies for the holiday season coffee mugs face masks and tank tops they're all available just go to marinafranklin.com Saturdays on my youtube channel I go live with my wacky friend Dave Juskow. check it out go to my youtube YouTube channel. We give updates to the show. We shout out fans who leaves us reviews and we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by. And sometimes we offer free stock like tickets to comedy shows with friends like us. It will help you feel not so alone because more content it's on the way. Tell a friend, you know, to check us out, stay safe, wash those dirty little hands, be nice and black lives matter. I've got two great friends and it's the holiday show i've got Noye brown west she's my young star and von de carlo she's my close friend she's headlining and you should check her out
1: ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. yes they didn't log
0: off after that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both so much for joining me today. This is like we're fast into the holiday The holidays is like, is it Halloween until now? It's just insanity. How are you both doing? I'll start with you, Vaughn.
1: I'm great. Um, At at first, I was like, I think she's been working on her voice. And then towards the end of the song, I was like, it's a (laughs) rap. You did good, though. I like your improv musical. Uh, It is basically for me for a long time. As soon as Halloween hits, I'm like, Happy New Year. Uh, Me and one of my friends, that's our running joke. Halloween comes, it's Happy New Year. Especially... (laughs) if you have kids. Oh yeah. The time moves faster when you have kids cuz you're dealing with trick or treat stuff. If you're into the holidays, right? The traditional holiday American stuff. It's the Halloween then Thanksgiving, all the family stuff and then Christmas, Happy New Year. It's just it goes by so fast.
0: I'm going to be a Republican real fast and go. Why did you feel you had to say that? I mean, just say Happy Holiday.
1: What, and say what American <laughs> holidays? Because it'd it, it be us. It'd be American <laughs> holidays. But you know
0: Republicans be like we're all apologizing lately about our holidays?
1: I we are. I think I think American Republican people. I think I don't. I'm so confused at this point. I, are we apologizing? Or are they apologizing? Who's apologizing? I'm done apologizing. <laughs> I apologize for apologizing at any point. I apologize. <laughs> it's exhausting. It is. It's exhausting. And I, I feel like we're constantly having to either watch every little word that comes out of our mouth or not watch it at all. I've always been responsible with my words as best as I can for myself, for my own integrity. Mm. But the, the way people can spend anything these days makes you go. You know what? See it how you see it. Rock on. I'm not. I'm. I'm done explaining myself every five seconds. It's. It's exhausting.
0: You're right. I thought by posting an old video about my special when I say like I'm not woke enough, I thought it was going to get all this like backlash. But a lot of people were like, "Thank you. I am so tired of being woke." Yeah. I just felt bad because I feel like it's. It's it feels like the word was so weaponized by the right that I was nervous about even adding to it. But the conversation. But Noye, how's How's your holidays, oh. Marilyn?
2: <laughs> oh, I know. Sorry. I just grabbed a wig. <laughs> I got the first wig that I found that was t- kind of brushed and I just put it on. <laughs> but yeah, my holidays, they've been OK. I I am not prepared for this holiday at all. Like all my siblings, I made the mistake of uh, starting to paint again and now I'm good. And now my siblings all went like, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and show you one real quick. But like all my siblings, they just want paintings from me. And after Thanksgiving, I thought I had so much time, and then all of a sudden, it's like, is Christmas next week? A week after. Week? Oh my god! See, I don't even know what day it is, but yeah, so Christmas is real soon. And I haven't started even one of these paintings. They're going to listen to this too. And they're going to hear me say that. But this is one I did of my nephews.
1: Oh, that's nice. Oh, Oh wow. Very talented. I want one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, I just got, got another one coming. <laughs> you did that? Like, how did you do that? Did you paint by number? Or? No, oil painting. Just I used a reference photo and I just use oils. I use liquid. So it dried really fast. I did it really quick too. But my issue is, like, getting, um, like, gearing up to do the painting takes me a long time. Mm. That's why since Thanksgiving, I haven't touched a paintbrush. But then once I'm doing it, it's like I can do, like, four in, in one in like, one week. Well, so I just need to kind of it. zone out into yeah. that space in your creative mind. That's beautiful. Yeah. I started doing it for grief counseling. Because, Marina, you know, I lost, like, whew, like, six people in the last, like, year and a half. So for grief counseling, they told me to like start doing like artistic stuff that wasn't just all job related. Cause I told them, I was like, Oh, yeah, I write a lot of scripts, like all this stuff. And they're like, no, do something for you that isn't job related. And at first I like got my sewing machine back out. I was like, maybe I'll do this. And then I was like, you know what? Let me try painting again. And all of a sudden I was good. And my husband, you know, he's a painter. And I feel like just from watching him over the years. Like, that's how I got better at painting. Like, not even, like, practicing, just watching him and what he was doing. All so. right. You
0: guys back. I don't mean to ruin the husband comment, uh, but were you back
2: to... I knew. I knew. I knew. So we just had, like, it's a really slow...
1: Separation or yeah. Look at Marina starting table top <laughs> drama. She said, "Husband, let it be, husband." <laughs> oh, you guys have been you. We've been separated for seven years until he smacked someone at the oh, award. she's told everyone on the show too, so they
0: need, I have. They, yeah, they need,
1: they probably like wait. Well, hold up.
0: I know.
2: That was now? not okay. I was at a holiday <laughs> party on Friday. And or no Saturday, and all my friends had words. They're like, every time we see a picture of you two together, we're like, No, yeah, you need help.
0: <laughs> what is it like? You well, no, you're good. You're good, No, yeah. I think you. The fact that you're painting, first of all, those painting, that painting is great. I couldn't do a stick figure, okay. And when you said preparation, I was thinking, what is that like? Setting up your your blunt, your mushrooms, but I think I just think that's a wonderful gift. The one that you can actually make it's affordable and you're good at it. So I think it's wonderful. I think that's just a wonderful way to spend the holiday season. I I don't know. I, I keep saying, I don't know why I keep doing it each year. I'm like, I'm not doing it this year. I'm not. As you get older, it's like, again, again with this. And it just like it takes away three months out of the year. Where we're just like everyone. I don't know if you guys saw that viral video, the Zoom meeting where they said the end of day. Yes. And the guy <laughs> was, oh, it's hilarious. The guy is like, they're on a Zoom meeting, and I'm sure they like this had to be like planned because it was just too funny, too. It couldn't be real, but it's like she said, we said end of day. He goes, you no, you said end of December. <laughs>
2: And then one of the people like goes off tape because she's laughing to her. She's just like, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's a good video. Yeah. I, I guess you had to be there. I Send it to me.
0: <laughs> it's like, it, well, it's just like she's because he didn't basically it's about how everyone just stops working until the end of December. Like after after like October, like you were saying, no one's really doing work.
1: Oh, well, I mean, shoot, what? We deserve that this long. I mean, we we, as if I'm still in corporate America or something, but like most people, nine to five people are in that hardcore rat race every day. Like, yeah, let's stop working for a whole month. Jeez, Um, I'm with it.
2: (laughs) I even feel like that with comedy. And this is like our busiest time, like honestly. And even with me, I'm just like, oh, whoops, I forgot to book shows. <laughs> I need them. I that. don't
1: feel that way with comedy because I that's all I have and all I do. So I'm like, do not slow down. Right. <laughs> please give me more work because, you know, I'll I'll go into that show of you know, regular life loneliness. So I like to stay busy.
0: You're headlining now, Vaughn, which by the way ooh, I ooh. applaud. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Thank you. Yay. That is so awesome. Like And I've said this to you before, like seeing your journey, seeing your path, seeing how you've you kind of took a backseat early on in your career to comedy. You were like, not the one. And now you're doing it and you're you're like headlining in a couple of these rooms that are actually kind of difficult to get in. And I think that's just like, what's it feel like? Tell us.
1: Well, first and foremost, thank you for the acknowledgement. That means a lot coming from you, Marina. I really appreciate that. You know that. Um, It feels great, you know, (laughs) to say the least. I've been um, dipping my toe in the headlining spot for a minute. I'll get those one-off nights, but I have my first headlining weekend at the DC Improv top of the year, set in 2024 off with a bang. So I'm really excited and there's, you know, it's it's surreal for me because DC Improv has some um, history with with my past, and it, it means a lot to me for that to be my first headlining weekend. It's a different space. Headlining is, is a different space because it's a different responsibility. Like, I feel fine with an hour. I can do an hour on stage. I'm good. It's going to be a good show. But the responsibility of a headliner, you know, it's the whole show is on you, getting those asses in seats and seats and the promotion and and the feature, all everything that comes with headlining, you go, oh, I, I kind of like featuring. <laughs> it is a lot. It's
0: a lot, isn't it? Because you start counting the, the people who came in.
1: Yeah, especially when you're not a fa- I'm not a famous person. You know, I'm kind of taking those baby steps and dipping into headlining in more of a, I guess, a traditional sense, if you will, because it's like I've been. You know, I'm 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 sort of a feature headliner because I still feature for like the bigger names. I just feature for Roy Wood Jr., you know, Ali least, nice. you know, it's a it's a laundry list of very notable comedians that that get me on their shows as a feature. Um, and a lot of times that's how I get recognized by the clubs and stuff to headline. And like I said, it's been those one off nights. Mm. but now with the DC Improv being my first weekend, five shows, Ooh. it's a full-blown flex for me. Yeah, for me. Yeah, It might not be a big deal to other comics, but it's a big deal for me. I'm also, I'm headlining the Pittsburgh Improv, a one-off night, um, December 28th, just to throw that out there my hometown, but um, I don't want to, like, and that, that's put them one in that the shadow you... of the DC Improv. But <laughs> That's also
0: one that they've actually, they've had you back. So you did good. enough. Yes,
1: this is this is not my first time headlining there. I am. That's the first comedy club that put me on their wall. So I am I'm official at the Pittsburgh Improv. And I think in general, I have a pretty good relationship with the improvs. I just headlined the Ontario Improv. Um, I was there with Ali Sadiq featuring. And then like a month later, they booked me to headline it's, you know, it's that process. I'm going through the process. And like I said, I'm not a famous person. So, like, when I when I headline the Ontario Improv, like, when you feature for Ali Sadiq, you don't worry about it. He adds shows. He just started a theater tour because his clubs get sold out. So I'm featuring for him. It's like, I know those shows are going to be packed and good audiences. Then a month later, I'm headlining the same room. So I'm like, is it just going to be me and the staff. And I was so proud. The room was pretty full. It wasn't sold out. It was. I ain't gonna flex that hard. But it was. It was good. It was up there. My numbers were good.
0: Wow. Like I have a new manager now who I love, and and that's also because of you, Noye. You gave me those like goal things. You know, like things you want to ask for, and I asked for it. And it came. Wow. And so thank you. Cool. But the her assistant was like, "Oh, we need a writer," and I was like, "Oh, I don't. I just need water." <laughs>
1: Oh, well, right. the, the, that just says levels because I, I don't get asked for, I don't think I have a writer. They were like, you're writers that you ride in, you do your time, and you order off the, the club menu, which is the point. So when you sell out like some of these guys do, and they've been around forever, you know what I mean? They didn't take any back seats in their career. They've been, you know, full- Full steam ahead, and um, so just joking around with that. But just it's it is humbling and an honor for me internally, spiritually, just alone to acknowledge my own progress in this because it's not easy to um, how how can I say it? It's not easy to progress when you feel like you're you're fighting against a wall that mm-hmm. was built based on not even your own talent. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I don't take lightly or take for granted, you know, the, the fight I've been up against or the fight that I continue to be up against if others perceive it that way. So I'm joking around with all of that stuff, but in short, I'm very proud of myself and it's, it's hopefully the first, you know, weekend of many and we're going to turn these one-offs into weekends as well.
0: That's wonderful. I mean, and the, and the Washington, the improv, D.C. improv is I, I can't get in like I have or maybe I haven't tried actually. But I, I remember years ago, like wanting to get in. And I think I remember I opened for Bill Burr. I opened for. Um, who else did I open for uh, Guy Tori, And like, I just have memories of that room being excellent. Like, the audiences were so good. I was a younger comic, so I was kind of terrified. But I remember they were so, like, D.C. audiences.
1: Yeah. I'm so excited about it. Like, I did D.C. one time, but not at the improv. I did the D.C. Kennedy Center last year. mm -hmm. Um, Black Thought Presents. He has that delirious comedy show that he does. And um, I had done the Roots Picnic, and then he had me back for the D.C., Um, Kennedy Center, which is a theater. So that's great. But in DC, you're like, no, no, no. (laughs) DC improv is like, that's an experience you want to have. And I, it's not, um, it's not one of those rooms where you're terrified that it's not going to be a good show. You're, you want to make sure you're prepared because this is a comedy audience. They know, they know comedy So it's going to be a good show if you make it a good show, because they're coming for comedy. It's one of those rooms.
0: You know, another room like that is in Boston, uh, the Wilbur Theater.
1: I haven't done um, Boston yet, but the the other room I heard about, which I I did with uh, Jessica Kirsten when she was here, the San Francisco Punchline, when I tell you well, I, I was like, am I being punked in a good way? Because this these shows might have been the best shows I've ever done in my life.
0: Oh, well, San Francisco is so hungry for just anything. <sighs> I mean, they oh got all God. that homeless situation, the unhoused situation. They just like, hey, just get us in a
1: room. Out, Look at you street. trying to use proper words. I, <laughs> the, the homeless, unhoused uh, situation. I gotta, give me if I don't. But you know- When like, I got there, I, I felt so triggered because I was like, ooh, this, it, it reminded me. I felt like I was in Manhattan. Like I saw a Macy's and stuff. I was like, ooh, I'm triggered. I feel like somebody gonna yell at me for no reason. I left. I, uh-huh. <laughs> New York is following me. Uh-huh. But the shows were- as a matter of fact, on my Instagram, the the clips that have went viral are mostly from those shows. Like the the person who recorded it, it I was like, "Is this my special?" Because
2: <laughs> i isn't even say special
1: no more. <laughs> this might as well be a special. It was wonderful.
0: I I'm going to say this. I love New York City audiences, but I think they're spoiled. Yeah. I think they're a little spoiled because they get they have so much comedy that you I could see the difference of a place that is just so like, oh, my God, are you doing a comedy show for us? Like, thank you. Like that type of appreciation is, is just like. And uh, do you feel like and not York all audiences in New York, by the way, just certain. Well, locations. definitely
1: at the cellar where you're at, you know.
0: Well, the cellar has become like a different entity in itself you know it's like they're so used to expecting that someone's going to drop in now that you well that's only- what i was about
1: to say it feels like not only does new york slash the seller or wherever um they're so used to comedy they're also used to a certain level of comedy that they almost not i don't know if spoil is the right word as much as snobby like, that's feel like, New York audience have the audacity to have an opinion about how you should be doing comedy. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Sitting in the audience. Who are you? <laughs> You've never ooh, been I had here.
0: someone this weekend, and it wasn't at the cellar. There was a bachelor party. They were talking, and they were white. And I don't know where the guy goes. I think I, I started it kind of, so I kind of, because I was like, I go, ooh. Because the guy was cute. But then I looked at him and I was like, he ain't that cute. I was just acting, really. And then his friend goes, do you do white guys? Yes. And the whole audience was like, and I looked and I paused and I looked at him. I said, I don't do white guys anymore because he says something like, do I do white guys? That's when I stopped.
1: Clearly, you don't know who I am. (laughs) Google me. Google Marina Franklin. And only white guys come up. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into some of these topics. Let's get away from the, the white guy, But congratulations,
1: Vaughn. Yes, that thank you, so good. Thank you. I didn't mean to. I'm I'm horrible sometimes with compliments, so I I did downplay no, and good. start talking about featuring and all that stuff. So I I get that way with compliments, but I I do appreciate that coming from you in all seriousness, Marina, you know. Um, And I I think even some of the the, uh, friends like us audience will also know the deeper places that that's coming from. So thank you. Um, Not to downplay myself or the compliment. Thank you. Oh, Oh, I was just going
2: to say when I first met Bon, you were just starting to do like the headlining stuff. Like, well, not just starting, but it was starting to be more regular. Mm -hmm. That was like maybe like 5 6 years ago when I first came tried your hair no, out. I was
1: um I don't know when my I think my first headlining I can't remember the first one but I I want to say when I first met you I had just started getting solid consistent feature work.
0: Oh. And
1: then I I know my first headlining gig was in New York. I just can't remember. Um but yeah, it was it was in that space. But yeah, yeah. it's it. It's, it's, it's a road. It's a road. It's yeah. a process. And
2: and I was also going to say about the New York audience saying, I've been telling my friends who do not leave the city that they need to get on the road. Cause like you were saying, I feel like people in these cities where there's not much else to do, they appreciate us so much more. And it's like, you'll do a joke. You'll do some jokes in the city that you're like, Oh, I guess that's not a good joke. And then you go out on the road and you're just like, Oh no, it is. a It's a good joke.
1: And you have more time on the road, I think, to um, explore the different angles of the material. And sometimes when you're doing the shorter sets, unless I I know how to work smart, not hard. And COVID taught me that. But um, everybody works different. But there's always more time When you're featuring and doing longer sets to be able to play around with the material and see, okay, let me see this. Let me see that. Whereas when you're doing shorter sets, um, a a lot of comics, they're just so married to the laugh and I got to kill. And they're so worried about what people are going to think if they don't do well in these shorter sets that they don't take the risk of trying different angles and working material differently. Whereas for me, I don't, I don't care because I, I know who I am. I'm not auditioning for everybody when I'm doing it. Sometimes I'm working on something. It's just going to be what it is. And who's ever in that room, mind the business. And you know, and I'm, I'm seasoned enough to where it's not going to be a complete tank. I might work on a little piece of something somewhere, and then I'll, I'll pull it back. I, I got enough material in my pocket. To get back whatever dip happened, if whatever I was working on didn't work out, but it's it's tricky to do that in a short set, as opposed to on the road where you're featuring and or headlining and have a lot more time.
0: Yeah, so so you know, no yay. you know, by next year this time you're going to be talking about your headline spot.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Well, there <laughs> I had a headline spot last year, and I get them sprinkled, but I had one last year that was a surprise because unfortunately some of uh, the comedian who was supposed to headline and it was a road gig, um, it was a road weekend. The, su- the, <laughs> the comedian who was supposed to headline when they happen. And the day that I was traveling, they're just like, Oh, you're headlining now. And then they, yeah. So one night I was headlining the next night they had somebody that was just like local come in and I featured again, but you Those surprise ones are good, too.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, it says a lot about where you're at, because it's I mean, if you're headlining, I assume you're doing 45 to an hour. So it's it's not like, well, I can't say a lot of comics uh, because a lot of comics will just try to mess around on stage and not do material and stretch the time. But you have to be prepared for those moments. And if they they believe that you're prepared and not just going to. Do a, a solid 20 and a loose 45.
0: <laughs> I remember the first time headlining, I was looking at that clock. I was like, oh, can I? <sighs> I was so nervous. I was like, can I get to 45? <sighs> I was so stuck in the material. And it, that's just when I first started, it's just, I was just looking. And I, I remember calling Keith and going, I just was so nervous. I couldn't do, pull out the time. And he goes, yeah, you probably was just looking at the clock too much.
1: Mm. I go, yeah, because. My was, nervousness, I learned the difference between nervous and anxiety. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not anxiety, anxiousness. So for me, I don't get nervous. I'll get anxious and ready to go, but I don't get nervous because it's, my um, confidence comes from my preparation. Like I have to, prepare. like, I'll, I know the time of every single piece of material Mm -hmm. that I have. I, so I have the confidence that it's going to land here. And then if something deviates or if I do something different, I also know, like I put it like this. Have a plan, then get rid of the plan so you can be loose and free. But I have to have that plan or I won't be loose and free. I'll be nervous. I'll be looking at the clock. But if I prepare and go, okay, this is the set list that's running in my head that I want to do. I could go off to the left for 10 minutes, but I know I'm coming back to this. And then I, I kind of have this little... I'm a scientist. I have a math... Ma- <laughs> I'm doing math Uh-oh. in my head. Like, okay. <laughs> On the scientists. scientist. <laughs> like, if I look up at the clock because I went off, off the mark for, like, let's say five minutes, and I look up at the clock and I know what material I'm going into next, because I prepare, I'm like, okay, that's about a two-minute bit right there. And I got 10 minutes left. Okay, and then... So I'm doing... All of that. So my confidence comes from the preparation of knowing the loose time, nothing is exact. And y'all know Mm -hmm. that. But knowing a loose time frame gives me that confidence that I can I could be free on stage. If I didn't do that, oh, I would be a mess, a whole mess. Oh, wow. I have to do that. Even for short sets. I have to have a little pregame thing I have to do or I'll be a mess.
0: Yeah, I never did that when I first... You know what is funny is like I never... The only time I really knew about the time of, of the set was when I had to do Last Comic Standing. And that they gave you like a... You know, you were competing and you had to do like a TV set for like three minutes or for, I think it was three minutes or five minutes. And that's when I started to go, okay. But I always just wing it. Like, I know it sounds No, Yeah, no, that would
1: drive me... No, I'm and always it, like it also helps me this too. joke and this joke and it ends high. Right. So with me, like la like sometimes you get you'll be somewhere and then last minute it's like, OK, can you headline or oh, can you jump up in and fill in like 10 minutes? You never know what's going to happen. So because I have that little bit of preparation in the back of my mind and I know the times of my material, like I said, loose time, I can make quicker decisions without that nervousness. It's like, oh, you need me to run up there and do three? Got it. But blah I'm gonna do this, this, this. Yeah. Now I could wing it. I'm witty enough to do like quick crowd work and wing it and in the you take all these in the moment liberties. But the reason I feel confident that I could do that is because I've done the the prep work on the actual material.
0: Good.
1: And then a lot of times in those freeform riffing, uh, winging it, it moments, I find new material, and then I I make that into something else. Yeah,
2: I'm more on Von, Like I do more what you do, Vaughn. Where I like I'll write out everything, but then I won't bring it on stage with me. I'll just like I'll like. Oh yeah, I, do. I don't do that. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll bring that. I'll bring notes. Now I can't do that. I see a lot of people, they'll have their notes and stuff. On my phone. Or they'll, they'll have it in front of them. If I it's in it front is. of me, it'll that will cripple me. Because it'll mess up my rhythm. Well, I, I have a joke about
0: it. going into my phone. Like, not going into my phone, but sometimes I'll end my set and then I'll just kind of go over stuff that I think I should have done. And that sometimes is part of... You saw that, Noye, when we did the Fat Black in the lounge. Yes.
2: yes. Now,
0: I do want to move on to this conversation about celebrities like Beyonce who have a responsibility to speak about injustice this was a an article that I saw on Instagram and then I subscribed to Forbes I'm gonna cancel soon but um (laughs) because they put it behind a a paywall and it's like oh Janice I actually follow her Janice Asser Janice Gassam Asser I I follow her. She's really great. She does a lot of like good articles and she's just prolific. But she's talking about this, about how Beyonce has been in the headlines since the release of her new concert film, Renaissance. Now, have you both, have you seen it? Did you go to a movie theater and dance? Did you go to the concert?
2: So I'm like a hip hop head. I'm not, I do like R&B, but I don't like it that much. So, like, my Beyonce renaissance for the year was going to see Missy Elliott's concert at Essence Fest, where it had, like, everybody from hip-hop, because it was 50 years. So, it went from, like, Coco Jones to, like, Ludacris to Jill Scott to Ice-T, Ice Cube. So, like, that was my Beyonce's renaissance. If they made a movie out of that, I would go see it. But, uh, Vaughn, you saw it, right? You saw it. So, I
1: did not go to the concert. I would love to, at some point in life, see Beyonce live in concert, Um, Just the phenomenal theatrical spectacle that I've heard that it is. Um, But much like Usher in Vegas, I'm not giving you my rent, car payment, (laughs) health insurance, life insurance and gas money and food money. For a concert ticket. I don't know who these people are that are rich enough to go pay two, $3,000 for these tickets. It's yes. not me. I I almost cried when I saw the footage on Instagram and stuff scrolling uh, that Usher took his bow for his last residency show. I did not get to see it. I almost cried. I want to see him in concert. And Beyonce, again, I'm not like, I'm, joke around and be like, I'm certified Beehive. I am not, <laughs> um, a super Beyonce fan, but I am very appreciative of her career. And I, better her music is cool. All dangerous. her music is very, um, like most of Beyonce songs, I don't like until I see a video because she's so visual and artistic with what she does. And her concerts are, um those short of spectacular. So with that being said, I didn't see the concert, but I did a few days ago go to the movies and I, I dressed in glitter and silver and I bought into the whole Beyonce outfit thing. I posted it on Instagram. I'm going to take it down soon. because, Girl, you should see this, glit, this glitter coat and this um, spandex silver thing. I, I thought it was a Beyonce outfit, but I think everything I do looks late 80s, early 90s. Like I am a walking throwback Thursday. I look like a solid gold dancer. <laughs> a lot of people are going
0: to be using those silver outfits for New Year's Eve.
1: Oh, oh, oh it's, I'm, it's my um New Year's Eve and um. Oh, oh I hate <laughs> she got it up. <laughs> but do that. Um, do the other one with the glittery jacket. Oh
2: yeah. You see oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. The oh, say, you're so it. <laughs> you look gorgeous.
2: You look good though.
1: So I went to the movie. Um, I cried the entire three hours. Really? Much like when there was the documentary, it was the Coachella thing. I forget. Like she had a documentary, was it the lemonade thing? I watched that. Yeah, that was the yeah, Coachella Lemonade thing. Yeah. Yeah, so she she damn near died giving birth to those twins, and then she did the what she did for Coachella, which was phenomenal. Same thing you learn a lot about, you know, the behind the scenes of what Beyonce is and uh, the first thing I connected to was the boss bitch aspect the high level of Beyonce still as a woman and as a black woman you are still repeating yourself a million times people don't listen to you people take for granted like as if you don't know what you're talking about when it's your vision so she talked a lot about that and I was sitting there like man even at that high level you still have to deal with that all my life. Yeah, all my I life. I, I got so to fight. fight. I got, and to even fight. at the level of a Beyonce, it, it's still the the fight, the the struggle continues. It it's
0: it, it true. just. I'm sorry, it, it I would have, to have to do the to, color purple. And you know oh, how you hate when I do my slave voice.
1: I, I really want to get away from <laughs> it. They were sharecroppers, Marina. It oh, makes my me so my uncomfortable. life, I had to fight. I feel it. Like it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> when Marina does the slave voice, I feel like a white woman is uh, stop. <laughs> I feel like it either Candace Owens or or oh, some random racist white woman is doing it.
0: I had to fight. Oh, well, I'm gonna get a role like that someday. I'm gonna win an award and Vaughn's gonna be like, no. <laughs> no.
2: That is how black people win awards, though. It's crazy. You <laughs> have to play like a slave, a janitor, somebody <laughs> like a magical black person.
0: They say Dwayne uh, Johnson has to do this too. Yep. He still has to fight for what he wants. He still has a very tough, I can't say who, but they said like after, what was it?
2: DC movie he was in.
0: I loved it, actually. I black, like that movie. black uh, what was it? Uh, is it? What's the name of it? Oh, it was so good that we forgot the name. I know, name. but I
2: do like it. It is by
0: Adam. Black,
1: Black Adam. Black Adam. The Black Rock Adam. is phenomenal. He's on so many levels. It's just, it, but it's, it, you, you think that you get to a place and I've always known this internally. I've, I haven't been to the heights of a Beyonce or The Rock, but I know spiritually that money doesn't solve everything. Fame doesn't solve everything. It's, you know, the if you could quote Biggie Smalls, more money, more problems. It does not exempt you from the human side of what it is that you are. And it doesn't just make things go away. Sure, it makes it a little bit easier because you're not struggling check to check for your rent payments, and you could go see Usher at a Residency, and you could afford a ticket. But you still have regular day to day life issues. I saw a, a post where people were amazed that they Aretha Franklin. They said, "What's your what's your hardest decision, or whatever? What's your biggest thing?" And she's like, "Ugh." figuring out what I'm going to cook day to day. And they were like, oh, my God. Oh, she cooks for us. Of course. Well, she she, I would think herself. she would have a
0: chef. Like, here's the thing, Vaughn. Everybody no, but doesn't want a
1: chef. I want she one. seemed
0: like
2: your, your regular grandma. I don't want a chef. I would never have that. I, I cook want, for myself. I want a, a chef.
0: If I was to become famous, famous, seriously, I don't need a house. I don't need a car. I just want someone to cook for me every single day and I will be so happy.
1: Look, Marina, ain't nobody making you edibles <laughs> for breakfast, <laughs> <I> lunch, <laughs> and dinner. <laughs> I just feel like, feel like people think that just because you have success, especially in the entertainment business, that you're all of a sudden this diva Kardashian person where it's that may not be everybody's goals. Some people in this business just appreciate the art of it. You're doing your paintings. Does that mean you... I'm Picasso, and I must you no. Know, I'm not gonna cook for myself because I can paint. Like everybody, relax. Talent doesn't exempt you from life. Human life. Oh, yeah. You and know, But think- the long story short, Renaissance, the movie. I bought into all of it. I cried the whole time. I think somebody blinded me with glitter. It was a
2: whole. It was a mess. Um, they made blue into an underdog. I will say weird. though that Beyonce like leading into the, the article question, she did a lot during like Black Lives Matter movement, all that stuff. And I understand the fatigue and what what's going on now is like, it's just, it's like a very scary issue. And I understand how celebrities who were very vocal during like you know, other things that have happened in the last like 10, 20 years, are not as vocal now and they probably expect their fans to just know like how they feel That like people even in that article they mentioned dj khalid dj khalid is palestinian it's like oh. he expects us he's 100 palestinian he he expects us to know how he feels and like i am a dj khalid fan so like i didn't even question that i'm like i just understand like oh he's palestinian I'm not going to ask anything else of him right now. You know? Can I just
0: say it's one of those things too, where I feel like black people are getting attacked for not speaking up. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. Cause I, I just won't, but black people, I'm like, there's a whole other ethnic group, ethnic groups that you could be pointing the fingers at about not speaking up. Like there's an Asian community. Are they speaking up enough for you? Uh, I don't know. There's just like all types of is the, Oh, they did. I think they did attack attack the LGBTQ community for not speaking up enough, but it's just, I always feel like it always lands on black people and the understanding of black people have a lot more to lose when they say anything. Right. And We're also like, and I'm not saying I'm taking any sides, but I'm saying like the only side I'm taking and I will stand by this is humanity. I don't like seeing. hundred
2: percent. Yeah.
0: I don't like seeing babies being killed no matter what. Yeah. I didn't like what happened to what happened to to the people in Israel. I didn't like what happened to the babies, the Palestinian babies. And I don't like the fact that people assume that all Jewish people think that the Palestinian people don't deserve to live. There are Jewish people who are fighting just as hard for those babies. to. So there's so much conversation going on that we know that we're living in a world where everything is clicked bait and that your words are twisted and that you get canceled and black people uh we get canceled we've been getting canceled for before canceling was canceled mm-hmm. so the this thing of Beyonce the expectation of Beyonce and this whole article about her she has done so much that is not like this is what I've done
1: I was about to say and when has Beyonce ever... Spoken out loud about anything. She does stuff quietly, and she handles things through her art. Remember when she did the um, or she sense. addressed police bl- brutality in the video, standing on a cop car as it sank. She she has always addressed things artistically. Well, that's the problem. In the article though, I say, don't remember well, her ever well, coming so out. What huh? they're
0: saying is, is they're saying that is not enough. They're saying that you using it for your art is not a stance.
1: And that's fair. But here's the thing. I see I see I see both sides. One, I see the side of you have a huge platform and you influence people that follow you. Great. I get it. Use your platform responsibly. But the flip side to that coin is I'm not a politician. I'm not. Um, I I can sing and I can dance. That doesn't make me qualified to speak on political issues. Now, humanity, yes, we all, as human beings, um, I don't care what your race, religion, color, and all of that crap is. We're at this point in the world, when are we going to recognize that we're just all human? It's exhausting to still, in 2020, about to be four And beyond to still be this frivolous with race, color, male, female? It's just, it's ridiculous. So at some point, we have to look at well, what is the humanity of things? What are we really justifying? Is it political? What what are we asking someone like a Beyonce to do? Exactly. What 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 are they asking her? Well, that is exactly what they asking her to speak out and say it's wrong to kill babies. Well, in
0: 1963 interview, civil rights leader Malcolm X discussed the pitfalls of pedestalizing black celebrities in the black community. In an interview, Malcolm X explained that unlike in the white community, in the black community, people prop up black celebrities when there are often nothing but puppets for the white establishment. Beyonce and other celebrities must grapple with greater expectations of when and how they use their voice and must always deal with accusations that they are not doing enough with their power, privilege and access. But those that assume the role of activists must be willing to use their voice, their art, their influence to impact change. I think we as the public must realize that Beyonce is a capitalist enterprise, shared educator, This is what Lisa V. Betty was saying, that I think we must hold the senators responsible, basically.
1: The actual powers that be. Yeah. like actual people. That's the thing that's driving me nuts, especially in American culture. Everybody's leaning towards popularity and celebrity. These celebrities are not and they they cannot. And I'm not saying they can't influence change. And force change of a collective group of people and all of that. I'm not saying that, but insert any celebrity. They're not in a position to, who's in position to actually make a decision that is going to stop this shit? Because that's who we need to be talking about. All of this other stuff is just fluff and noise and distraction. So talk to me about who, who could push the button to make this stop. And, and I think there's several buttons that needs to be pushed. It's not just one person. It's not just, oh, well, Joe Biden and comment. this this one angle, this one angle. It's, it's not just one person. And a damn sure ain't Beyonce.
2: No, it is. It was uh,
0: Candish Parrish who said exactly what who's agreeing with you. She says, what we have to do is get our local politicians together, yes. lean into and support the celebrities that will talk about it go and support the people you know will talk instead of hopping online and jumping down the throat of someone you know won't talk about it that's such like common sense and 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 here's
1: i'm indifferent about that because it's one because um how can i say it talking about it could be fluff too. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I don't exactly. care about your mouthpiece. What are you doing? And I'm not here to defend Beyonce. I don't know what she has done. I know she has done things, but I don't. I'm, I'm not sitting here with a list. Uh, just I like can LeBron tell you James, what she's done. he there's a list of stuff that he's done. He not When your actions are in line with things, you don't have to say a damn thing. It seems to me like the people that talk the most do the less. So never mind what you got to say about it. What are you doing about it?
0: Well, she's with her. She has her nonprofit. It's called Bay Good. One of her areas of philanthropy is giving back to black businesses and making sure that black businesses are equipped with what they need. And by the way, she doesn't broadcast that, which is one of the things I've always noticed about her. She just does it. They they've given away millions of dollars in grant money in business accelerator education. They're now headed to Brazil and they're headed to Africa. So she's giving in the way that feels most comfortable for her.
1: And let me let me insert spirituality in there, because it is my understanding and uh, from my spirituality, when you do good, you're not supposed to brag about it. You, you do it for the goodness of doing it. If you are in line at the grocery store and the spirit tells you to pay for the groceries of the people in front of you or behind you, you do it. You don't turn on your camera. And put it on Instagram and tell everybody you did a good deed. You're supposed to do good deeds in silence. That is between you and God's instructions. So I'm, again, I'm not here to speak. I'm not Beyonce spokesperson. I don't know if that's how she feels. But I know for my own spirituality, when you do good, you do it quietly. Now, there are some instances where it does need to be, um, Broadcast and put out there so you could spread the word and spread the good and so people know about it. Mm-hmm. So that's a thin line as well. But I'm not going to hold no judgment against people who do their good deeds in silence. And we know because that's what you're who, supposed to do.
0: You can tell when someone is letting you know that they do stuff so that it's like an article. Yeah. Are, we know those people. You like, I can. I can. The camera don't lie. And people can try to fool you as much as they want. But I can always tell when someone's like, what was it? Keith was talking about this. I got to give Keith his credit. When someone was like, this is how I feel. And this is how I feel. And now make sure you get these likes. Hit these likes,
1: yeah, you know, and that Propa- all really, propaganda. Yeah, all propaganda. Like I, and there's a thin yeah. line, right? There's a thin line between I'm doing this good thing and I also have to bring awareness. Um, I don't know if this is a great example or not, but like when Oprah um built the schools and stuff in Africa, I think it was all girls' schools. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, yeah, you could look it up. There's there's a thin line between I'm gonna do this quietly and. No, this has to be broadcast because I have to bring awareness to this particular situation because globally people don't know about it. But if you're if you're doing something for the homeless or unhoused People oh. in Chicago, Marina. We we already know there's unhoused people in Chicago. And we already know you're from Chicago. That's not something you necessarily need to. But broadcast, I do right?
0: broadcast. The, you, and you know this, though. The school that's right behind me that is like one of the tier one schools in Harlem that is already defunded. The teachers need help. The teach. This is. Not just in Harlem. This is like nationwide. There are teachers that need school supplies. I have never heard so many schools where they have to ask the community for pencils, pins, clothes, laundry detergent, toilet paper. It is out of control right now. And so call like, back to
1: the article, you gotta start from your local mm-hmm. government up,
2: yeah. not the top government down. That's backwards. But we can, I will say to everybody that we can make a list of the senators that are not doing what we want. And when it comes election time, make sure you're active. That's what I've been doing. I've been sending the emails, all this stuff, because that's all we can do. I learned that during BML, uh, Black Lives Matter because, listen, none of the, I'm not saying that the marches aren't good. It's good to be visual. But there were like 12 people who got shot by the cops while we were doing that. It didn't stop anything. So there's other ways to be active, being involved in your local government, calling senators, making sure you help the senators that stand for what you stand for get elected, no matter what district or what state, because you have power in those campaigns.
1: As well. And I'd rather I'd rather someone be doing that quietly and we don't even know about it than putting themselves on display on Instagram that they're marching. It's just like when the when the writers guild the SAG and everyone, I would see people posting them marching and I'm like oh my god if you don't get out of here
0: I know they were having like barbecues and they were yeah, having photo like, groups.
1: Y'all just out here trying I, I felt to figure prey out where your it. next movie coming from.
0: Listen, I felt <laughs> prey to it. I was criticizing it but I have to admit did jump into the electric slide when they did have it. I was the first. I was the <laughs> first to jump in.
2: I did the Samba in New York when you know, it's just fun.
0: It was fun. Cause I, I was like, Chris, I was like, they having too much fun on that picking line. But then when um they had the black writers march here for the writer's strike and they had a DJ and they had music and they they threw on some house music. I'm not gonna sit there and just be like
1: Sad. I had to, to do get in to there. convince Marina to do anything. Throw some house music. She was like, "I don't care about them babies." <laughs> <laughs> I had to get in there. I was like, "All
0: right, baby, baby." I, I was twirling. <laughs> I did a twirl. I was trying to do some of my fancy footwork on the
1: concrete. Marina <laughs> twirled on, and the they table. also
2: they had free sandwiches, which I appreciated. But you know, I would <laughs> I did get COVID at my second picket. Though.
1: Oh, you did.
2: Do we still be getting COVID shots? Yeah, I did.
1: I'm like four deep, but I'm like, I think it's time for another one, but I don't know. Yeah, the
0: vaccine, because you know what? Whenever you went enter the winter season, what they're saying, what some people are doing is some people are opting on like either or like the flu or the COVID or you get all. think like for me, I've never gotten the flu vaccine me like ever so I'm not going to go I just have been fine without getting that but with COVID I just and I had asked my uncle he's a doctor and I and when I went in I asked the young lady I said a lot of people are not getting this vaccine like what do you think and she said let me tell you something I see older people coming in here sick I see babies coming in here sick it is not good so whatever you can do to help that part of the population out is wonderful. So, and we don't have to mix it like we used to. It's like it's a much better vaccine than it used to be. I have it. So, we're into the, the winter season. You're going to go see your families. So, protect them, protect yourself. I what I'm always curious about and I still to this day can't understand is why people question your need to protect yourself. I'm wearing a mask all the time as a comedian because I am one of the most vulnerable ones. I have gotten COVID twice because of my immune system being so low. I am aware of it. I don't understand why I have comics coming up to me and questioning my wearing of a mask, which I had happen this weekend. I've had it happen before. They really? They make fun of it. Oh yeah. They make fun of it. They have questions. They're like, oh, really? And I, I'm like, why is this
1: bothering you. I'm protecting right. myself. Right, mind business. Do you? Do My you. thing is, I, one, manja business, and whenever I wear a mask here, I'm in L.A. now, um, people don't say anything. There's a couple of people I see wearing masks, nobody says anything. What I don't like is this six feet away thing needs to come back. Like, especially in <laughs> L.A., too, too many people are too <laughs> huggy. Everybody wants to hug me, and I'm like, ugh, ugh. Even if it ain't COVID, I don't, I don't want your... Energy, I don't want your flu. I don't want your cold. I, want your, I don't want, like, it's too much hugging going on. Too many people hugging. Let's fist bump it up. People bring six feet away. Stay six, six feet away. Bring that back.
0: It, you're right. You're right. People, do for some reason, the need Unless people hug me when
1: I have on my mask. Let me just throw that yeah, in
0: there. that People, that's the other thing I don't understand. It's like, what do you not understand about, like, if I have on my mask and they go, oh, should I hug you? Like, I, and I always go, well, I have on my mask, so yes, you can hug me. It's fine. But also when I give, like, a little bit of a fist bump, I could see, like, the Republican in the room going, I don't want to do the fist bump. You know? And it's like, I just don't get it. It's like, I'm just protecting myself. I have a right to protect it's, myself.
1: You do, and you don't have to explain it. One of the things... I've gotten into a few tiffs mm. about this because it's like uh, I go to fist bump somebody and they're like, ah, I want a hug. And I'm like, listen, I'm not shifting my boundaries to make you comfortable. If you feel okay... Pushing my fist away and not shifting your boundaries, then let's, let's air high five or let's not talk at all. I'm good with that, too. Yes. But that's where I got I to gotta pray and meditate <laughs> because I don't always have to take it there. And I, I get why people are taken aback by me because I'm like, I'm so insulted by the fact that you're insulted. Mm-hmm. You don't want to shift your boundaries, but you want me to shift mine. The audacity alone bugs me.
2: That's true. Even on the train, I noticed like, cause I still wear my mask on the train, public transportation, everything. People won't sit around me if it's a, if the train's not that busy, oh, good. like people won't sit around me if I have So it's an even better thing. Just always have it on. That but really? yeah, they just assume you are sick instead of uh, trying to protect yourself from mm-hmm. being sick. But it's like, it's, either way, everyone should still be wearing those. Yeah. So.
0: I find it fascinating. Like Judah has started to, Judah Friedlander, which I got to give Lois credit for saying this. He is the world champion of comedians who stayed out of the scene and is still wearing a mask. He, hands down, is he's the champion of this, of protecting himself.
1: So is he back around? He's back around. Have you
0: seen him? Yeah, I saw him this weekend. I was like, oh, it's so good to see... I just worry about his mental state sometimes, you know? So I said, it's so good to see you out. I know you protect yourself. But he also... He's one of the only comedians that I know, get this, he wears his mask on the stage. Oh, really? No, no, he does it, his whole act.
1: Wow. Even when he
0: headlines for an hour? Well, I don't know if he's headlining yet. Cause I don't know if he wants to spend that much time in that space. And he had the, and get this, he had the nerve to go, Marina, your mask is, I see a little gap. (laughs) Hey, listen, don't you come for me? Before you, there was me. I was the one. Okay, so don't come for me. I know. Yeah, what Judah. Hurts.
1: He definitely is one that <laughs> he stick to his guns. I remember um, he was at he was headlining Caroline's, and I was on the show. And you know when Caroline's, it's so bright in there, right? It's almost uncomfortable. It's so bright in there. And Judah, when he headlines, he makes them bring the lights down totally different atmosphere. I didn't know that. I'm like, why? Why don't they do this for every show? The energy in there was completely different. I never loved a show, doing a show more than when, uh, and I've headlined Caroline's um, when it was open. R.I.P. Caroline's on Broadway. (laughs) But I've never enjoyed that stage as much as I did when Judah was headlining that weekend. The lights were low. The atmosphere was dope. I'm like, why is this not the regular? Why do you have to... And he had to insist on that.
2: Mm. Yeah. It was looking like a Ruby Tuesdays in there most of the time because the lights were so bright. That is yeah. true. Yeah, true. And I'm
1: true. like, it's something to be said about, especially these days, a, a comedy audience... Being lit too much because it's so many people that are if they're out with a co-worker or they see somebody they don't want people to know that they're laughing at something that they could be cancelled for
2: That's right. does somebody have
1: me on are you recording me? It's so much to be intimidated by as an audience member in that aspect that it's better when the lights are really low people feel more comfortable watching the show and laughing. I remember I performed in um, I think it was Irvine. Don't quote me on that. Somewhere, one somewhere out here, and it was like a bright audience as well. The woman in the front row was laughing like this, <laughs> like she covered her face with her jacket and was laughing so hard, and it was so noticeable. I saw. I was like, "Ma'am, we need you to do that out loud. Like, can you please allow your laughter to mm-hmm, come mm-hmm. into the atmosphere?" But I, my assessment of that was that it's just so bright in here. They didn't, she didn't want people to see what she was
0: laughing wow. at. But back to that thing of what you said so important about Judah just sticking to his guns. Like, oh, yeah. I remember when I started switching the microphones and I was and that was the beginning of me going, I'm not going to go to any place if they can accept this is what this is what it is for me. You know, and they all come have accepted it. But I remember a few comics were like, I think what you're doing is messing up the the mic system. I go, they'll figure it out. That's all I said to them. And they, they fell out laughing because I was just like, I'm not going to argue with you and I'm not going to tell you that you're an idiot. I'm just going to land on, you know what, they'll figure it out. Because I knew that wasn't yeah. true. I'm like, you just, this is just something you... They're so used to doing it with me now that I've trained them to understand that's what I want and they know how to do it. And it, and here's the thing with my act, I address it. I'm still wearing a mask when I go on the stage, I take it off so that I can talk because as I told the audience after I fouled Judah, I go, we have two different understandings of the virus. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and plus I'm taking what's called a measured risk. Uh, I'm getting, you know, I'll, I'll risk it. I'll get COVID for 75 bucks. All right. But (laughs) the thing is, is that like it's habit now for me and it's the thing that makes me feel comfortable and everyone is working with me. I think that comics are so used to just kind of like being whatever sometimes and making fun of what is actually taking care of us that I feel like each time I do it, I'm also disseminating some information by the way a lot of them have gotten sick not once but several times like and some of them don't even know like the amount of times that they've been sick how that is affecting them in the long run they just don't and it's like I don't know if it's because I'm older and I know about the consequences of life and I've had breast cancer I know that you can die you know I just know these things that I don't play with that and I've seen older people sitting around without a mask cuz they think it's cool and they have been getting Very, very sick. RSV, by the way, is out there. Babies are getting... That's the other thing the nurse said. She goes, I see so many kids coming in here with RSV. So the mask is not just for COVID. It's also for the flu. It's also for RSV.
1: I mean, come on, Even my allergies have kind of subsided from wearing the mask because there's not as much stuff going into your nose. So the mask does protect you from other things. And I just think that people in general are so exhausted, like just from, I, I would say from the beginning of the Trump era, like the 20, 2015 into 2016 election and then COVID and then the, the Black Lives Matter, all of, this, all of this stuff has happened that people have become so exhausted and wanting to get back to whatever normal there is in their mind that they rather just get sick and ignore stuff. It seems like COVID happened a million years ago. It has. It was just a couple years ago. We're still in the same, Joe Biden has only been in office one term. It seems like they've been there forever, right? 2020 just happened a couple years ago. It seemed like 10, because everyone's so exhausted, but it's like, dude, I don't know if COVID is over. When did COVID become over? We just kind of got to a point where we were like, all right, Vaccines and now we're just thrust back out into the world. Let's get back to whatever normal. But if you really look at it, it's like we're about to go into 2024 for the next election. And COVID just, we just went through this pandemic. We were just there five minutes ago.
0: Healthcare workers who are at the most risk are the least likely to take the precautions. That's the study that's just been out. That to me is insane. Oh, yeah. Now, we do have to leave it there. This has been a really great conversation. I am so happy. That-
1: mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Send, me, uh, send me my $75. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Cash at Von DiCarlo Comedy. Venmo Von DiCarlo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Noye,
2: thank you so much for joining us. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, you can find me at noyecomedy.com, N-O-N-Y-E comedy.com. I'm Noni Fizzle on Instagram and TikTok. I'm also on the other things, but you don't need to find me on those. <laughs> and I'm going to be at Atlantic City Comedy Club Uh, I think the weekend after this comes out, the 30th. I don't know something about that. 30th of December. So check me out there. And with friends like us, we'll tell you if your wig is crooked, which mine has been the entire time. (laughs) I have not been able to get this right. It looks looks good, girl. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Noye. Von DiCarlo. Tell our listeners where they can find you
1: sure thing um, thanks again for having me friends Marina Funnyvon.com Von, is my website where you can get, get links to all things that is me I'm about to break the 100k mark on Instagram if you guys wouldn't mind following me there that would be great I want to get over that hump before the end of the year I'm almost at 100,000 followers so that would be cool I'm at Von DiCarlo on Instagram and all other social platforms like TikTok etc again funnyvon.com Von, is my website to get links to all of the socials and everything. Um, For Christmas, I am headlining the Pittsburgh Improv on December 28th, but I'm going in early. Um, My family still lives in Pittsburgh. My mom, prayers up to mom, y'all know she had cancer and stuff and she's been on a feeding tube since pre-COVID. She collapsed and she was in a hospital recently and they put her in a nursing home. So I'm going to go spend Christmas in the nursing home with my mom. I'm flying in on Christmas and I'm gonna be there early and then I'm going to headline on the 28th and then come back to California and spend New Year's here. And then the following weekend is my debut headlining weekend at the DC Improv January 5th. Thank you. January 5th through 7th, five shows. Please help me sell that out. That would be like a dream come true. Thank you very, very much. And with friends like us, who needs Beyonce tickets? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes you could go did I do it <laughs> you did it you did it Marina Franklin. I got everything you
1: asked for in there right yes
0: it was great thank you okay. and and I love that you're also taking care of your mom in there I love that I pray for her and think about your mom thank all you. the time Marina Franklin here go to my website marinafranklin.com also go to my website so you can see where I'm performing in January in February I believe there's some dates up there in the calendar I know I'll be at the Still Stacks in a pencil and a fill. Uh, yeah, I'll be at the Still Stacks. Come on, headliner. <laughs> That's in Pennsylvania. And I will be returning to the city winery for the bitches of comedy. So you have to go to my calendar to check that out. Also, really important, if you go to my Linktree, you can donate money to the school that I'm always talking about, the PS180. You know, help them help the babies. I will be spending my holiday with my mom for the first time in years in Salisbury, North Carolina. Wish me luck. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: no, my mom, she said, yeah, she's a lot. But uh, we're going to have a good time. I'm doing it. I'm going to spend that time be around some North Carolina folks for the holidays. So that should be interesting. I want to thank you both. You guys, please don't forget to always wash your hands, man. You can still wear that mask if you want to. Don't forget that Black Lives Matter. Check Check us out. out! Happy